Welcome to the Eye of Terror. Hi, and welcome to episode 11 of the Eye of Terror. I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. Happy New Year, everybody. Indeed. Uh, Welcome back. We're excited about 2016. It's going to be an awesome year for gaming and an awesome year for Warhammer 40K. And I'm hoping an awesome year for chaos, but hey, that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, not a lot happened in the world of 40K in the last couple of weeks because of the holiday break, but we did see some pretty cool stuff. Yes. First thing we want to talk about is the new uh, Corax Primarch that Forge World gave us all a peek at at Warhammer Weekender. Corax. Corvus. Corax. Yeah. That that Corax. (laughs) That Corax. (laughs) Not to be confused with Sam Corax. Or John Corax. <laughs> the, the lesser uh, known uh, Corax's. cousins. <laughs> right. Uh, what do you think of the model? I, well, at first, when I saw the unpainted thing, I was like, yeah, it looks, looks okay. dynamic. It's like fine in. Nice pose. Yeah. And then the painted version is, oh. Awesome. Oh. awesome. You can find it on, if you haven't seen it, you can find it on Belvoss Souls. It, it looks, oh, man. It looks cool i know i I haven't really been all that into the primark so much primark series maybe um ferris manis because i am an iron hands player but this is the first one that i've looked at and then i've said oh maybe i want a primark yeah he looks freak he looks really awesome with the wings and the the black and white armor really helps the whole thing and the dynamic posing looks even better when it's painted yeah, the face, the, the work they did on the face also looks super cool. Oh, yeah, the face looks cool. His hair is sort of blown back because he's landing. Yeah. Uh, he's shooting the poor guy. <laughs> yeah, the guy's falling backward as yeah. he takes a bolter shot to the face or something. Or whatever that is, whatever that gun is. Yeah, something, something's hitting him in the face. Some, ter- some terrible But if you're a Raven Guard player, this is uh, almost a must get. This is a beautiful model. Yeah. Uh, and it looks fantastic. And whoever painted it over at Forge World did a stellar job because it is the hotness. I love it. Oh, yeah. It looks great. Uh, it inspires me to to maybe start 30K. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We're, we have a lot more work to do yeah. on our on our Betrayal of Calf box, which we didn't do this weekend, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to working on that. There are reasons. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. I was working on my, on my Blood Angels Chaplain. Love the way uh, this, yeah. this thing is turning out. Uh, Speaking of dynamic models. Yeah, the oh. model is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Uh, if you guys want to take a look at it, I just put up a picture today on our Facebook page. So please visit us, the Eye of Terror podcast Facebook page, and you can see um, my work in progress. I'm not, not quite done. I'd say I'm 95% done. I still need to do the basing and do a little cleanup work, but it, it, it looks pretty pretty good, I have to say. The aesthetic of the Blood Angels has been hit or miss for me, depending. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like some of the weird like nipple armor, I'm like, what? Yeah. But some of like the blood vials, like, oh, that's cool. Or like the little touches that makes people feel unique. But this just feels, oh, it feels like a very streamlined version of the original Chaplain. It feels a lot more, ele- I think, elegant. Yes. Than like regular Chaplains. And it just, it just looks great. Looks yeah. Cool. Probably the most detailed work I've done on an individual small model. It's required using the the tiniest brushes I have to outline the black armor with uh, sort of light gray to make it pop, to make it stand out doing the the edges. 
And that that's a lot of the work in this model, but uh, it's worth it. I think the result, the, the way it looks, it looks fantastic. I, I wouldn't dry brush it to try and pick up those edges. I would definitely go in and edge highlight using uh, an artificial, if you're using GW's brushes, using the artificer brush, uh, the smallest brush you can use uh, because it, it, I think it's worth it in the long run. And it looks, it looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, I'm painting the gold and um, I'm finding that adding uh, a seraphim sepia wash to the gold brings out a little bit of a reddish luster to it mm. that goes very well with the red themed muscle armor on half, half of the, of the power suit. This guy's wearing the power armor. This guy's wearing. They don't call them blood angels for nothing. That's true. That's true. I love the model. It's fantastic. I expect that it will, it will uh, do well because it looks so good. <laughs> which is yeah. of course the key to success as everyone knows <laughs> that's right you want to do well in 40k yeah you gotta look good you gotta you gotta the more you know ornate Emperor's you are children believe that yeah the more ornate you are the better off you are blood angels believe it see oh uh, yeah. yeah um so what'd you get for christmas oh boy did i get a haul um <laughs> i got the mighty the large the venerated bloodthirster. Ooh, oh. cool. Yeah. Oh, oh my word. Uh, oh my you, word. You seeing, just, the, seeing the model up front, it looks even better. Oh, it just looks so, it's so, it's such a big model mm -hmm. for 40K and yet it's so finely detailed. Like everything from like muscle ripples to the tiny pieces of armor. Yeah, I don't think there's a centimeter without some sort of detail on this model. It's, it's going to be um, so hard to paint. <laughs> <laughs> Even if, yeah, it's all oh, it's going to be insane. But you did just, a you did a great job. You put it together this afternoon, and only like I don't know, like an hour it seemed. The one by really quickly. That went by. That I was surprised at how fast it, it wasn't that complicated to put together or whatever that's yeah. not like a big part of it. right but, just, but it looks great oh i love it like there's like runic markings on the wings and it's launching from a pile of flaming skulls how can you get more metal you can't get more metal than that no yeah all right uh, well that's great just tell me about your t-shirt what'd you get oh yes i got a nice uh corn t-shirt vote corn but for the blood god Skulls for the skull throne. <laughs> yeah. Vote for corn 2016. <laughs> that was very funny. Take that zinch and the change we can believe in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, great. So I, I played my Tau against my <clears throat> quote unquote unbeatable Tau in a game against Tyranids for the first time. I've never faced Tyranids. Yeah. And uh, ended up playing a game at uh, Next Gen Games. Um, it was kind of a pickup game. It was supposed to be a tournament, but um, there were a few people canceled last minute so we just turned it into a friendly you know casual game and i played against uh someone who been playing their their turned list a long time and it showed <laughs> uh because uh, they brought a couple of uh a couple of flying hive tyrants a whole bunch of biovores um was it one or two uh biovores no 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 uh, flying hive tyrants I, I have they brought two Ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh, this wasn't a friendly list of tyranids it was i think it was one meant to win it well it wasn't tournament. meant for a tournament it was meant for a tournament so right. Right. yeah friendly game kind of went out the door friend yeah went out the door um but no but i mean we were friendly with oh yeah ob obviously you weren't like right. but it was a tough tough list yeah. and and I, I just i did it wrong i've never played tyranids and this is only my second time ever playing tau so i think i made a lot of mistakes as tau as a tau player 
I don't think I utilized my my uh, marker lights effectively. I don't yeah. think I did a good job there. Target prioritization is a big deal with Tao, and I didn't think I did a good job there. And uh, she went after my marker lights, like really the first thing she did was to try, I had a bunch of, I had a, a commander in a group of drones and the drones had a bunch of marker lights in there. And that was, he was the drone commander. So he, they basically hit at his weapon skill, uh, sorry, his ballistic skill because of uh, drone commander. Hey, she got first turn and she, with the biovores, she was able to basically uh, drop pie plates on them. So yeah. a whole bunch of them got destroyed right away. Yeah. Those things. Oh, it- yeah, and then the flying hive tyrants were in my face, like at, at the end of turn one, it seemed. It was like it was, she, she, they basically had deployed right up at the top of the 12 inches, and then they just flew right in my face, and they were attacking Wait, me right, right from the beginning. Were they biovores, or were they, how big were they? What, the flying hive tyrants? Not the ty- flying hive tyrants, the bio, were, how big were the biovores, because they might not have been biovores or two. Was it, were they monstrous creatures? No, the biovores are like the, these um, smaller More? creatures okay, in yeah, the yeah. back that no, shoot artillery. Those are biovores. Those yeah. are biovores. Yeah. yeah, and then when they went, when they would miss, yeah, they drop off these stupid little um, things. The spore mines. The spore mines, and then those things would like run at you and explode. Yeah, they would float towards. You. Yeah, yeah. So that was annoying. Which is hysterical as far as a right. It was a terrible. It was it was a it was a very long game that involved a lot of her moving a lot of models and me doing a lot of shooting. I ended up killing her warlord uh, because I brought a broadside yeah. uh, with a whole bunch of missiles and velocity tracker, which is Skyfire. So that pretty much um, forced a lot of jinking. And then finally uh, she crashed and killed herself on the last point. So that was a little bit of a moral victory. But at the end of five turns, um, I, I called it. it we, we, we rolled and we were going to go into turn six, but it was like pointless. There was no way I could have win. We were playing under ITC rules. That was my first time playing ITC rules too. So they don't play the normal missions in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You roll for particular missions. Um, you basically roll two dice and you get two different missions. Yeah. There's a couple of object- objectives on the table and then and then there's like a separate kind of a mission. Yeah. So you always are always rolling after going after one objective or the other and then and then trying to accomplish another mission like destroy the other a unit on the other side and the enemy side or something. Got I it. I got the worst rolls on that like <laughs> There was always the objective on the other side of the table that I wasn't really going to be able to get. So I, I rolled <laughs> terribly. I rolled terribly throughout the whole game. It's not an excuse. She played very well with the list that she had put together with a lot of experience and just pretty much uh, knew exactly what to do against Tau. Um, I have a lot to learn about Tau. It was a fun game. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about Tyranids. And as a result, I brought home the Tyranid Codex. And now you're, you've taken a look at it. So what do you think about Tyranids? It's not. It's certainly not an overpowered list to start off. I'm not sure in, in like compare. It's obviously not like in comparison to like the Eldar or Tau or um, Space Marines. I'm not sure how competitive it is, mm-hmm. but it certainly can be very mean with some of the abilities they have. They don't have any vehicles. If you don't know anything about, yeah, they don't have any vehicles. Just monstrous creatures. Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot of. There seems to be a, a strong need for. Quite a few models to get into close combat. Not not everyone. Not like the biovores you were talking about. Right. Uh, there are bun- there are some units who are completely fine with just sitting in the back and blasting the opponent. So I guess you could do a sort of gun line, but there's a lot of stuff that encourages you to get across the table quickly. There's pretty reliable deep striking I found. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lictors are a good example of that. Mm-hmm. They're really tough elite units. They're really great in close combat. 
and just very nasty in general. But um, they essentially they don't uh, but they can deep strike and they don't scatter when deep strike, making it possible for super precision deep strikes. And um, anything that deep strikes within six inches of them doesn't scatter either. So this is, I, we were talking about this earlier. Um, generally, they have higher initiative and higher strength, right? Yeah, they have high that initiative. Sort of generally characterizes the army. That's, yeah, they have high initiative and high strength. And that's what you have to worry about yeah. in a fight. And also numbers. I got to tell you, she, yeah. had, she had something I think called a Turvagon. Oh, yeah, Turvagon. They, uh, she, they kept spawning additional. They spawn, I think, 3d6. Yeah, 3d6 a turn. And it's insane. So I, I would like. Yeah, termagants. They using termagons. my storm surge, I do tons of damage, and then she would just like roll three d six more. The creatures would just pop up, and, and I kept missing Mama at Termagant, so yeah. it, it just it just kept on making more. It, it was I think at the on turn five, it finally rolled doubles and stopped, you know, spawning. But at that point, it was too late. Yeah, that's the only caveat is that yeah. on a on, if you roll a double on that roll three d six roll, you stop spawning termagants. Right, termagants. Uh, well, well, one quick saving grace on the on the Tau game. Storm surges, uh, their stomps were pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah, just a wrecked house with those things. I didn't lose a single point. Maybe lost one point in in terms of assault uh, using the storm surge. It was great in in assault, um, except that one point when I assaulted and I covered four models, I rolled four ones. Oh, <laughs> but that characterized all my roles throughout the game. I just like uh, I rolled terribly. Oh, yeah, yeah. So taking a look at the uh, at the Tyranid Codex, does it make you want to like play Tyranids? I it would be a fun. I think it'd be a fun list. I think it'd be fun. You know, the rumored f- faction to play. They're rumored in, to maybe be the next um, update in terms of codexes. Um, I know. I, I know. Mixed, I, I know. Mm, you'd, you'd rather get chaos. I know. That's that's. First, you say that every episode. I know. First to be updated. First I to know. be sixth edition updated, and then oh, yeah. first to be left behind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, um, I don't know if we can start another another army. Gosh, gosh, we have so many armies, but we do have a whole bunch of um, Tyranid models in the space hold box. Yeah, gene stealers specifically. So we've got a bunch of gene stealers. All you need is a is a HQ unit and you're set. We can do 500 points. Gene stealers are pretty nasty, man. I mean, I, I and I love the I love 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 the look of these guys. Mm-hmm. I think they look really like what I love is how not human they look. Like every other faction in the game looks relatively humanoid and biped humanoid and biped they all have like even like demons who are like bizarre or still are like by most of them are just bipedal creatures like some of them are like steeds or whatever but most are like based off of humans these guys however there's just it's just open season you have like they're truly alien oh yeah those guys are truly they they and i love yeah i love the whole fleshy aesthetic and i love the fluff of this sort of unstoppable like nearly unstoppable hungry hungry all consuming hive mind that absorbs biomass and just annihilates worlds in a matter of days or months i know people people like that (laughs) (laughs) especially the ingesting biomass part because the fluff is written from almost from the perspective of other factions because you can't really write it from the perspective of um the Tyranids, obviously we don't know where they come from we don't know a huge amount about them oh i didn't know that i haven't read i haven't read through the codex but so, so it, the codex is more like reports from other uh, factions talking about their encounters with the Tyranids. yeah it's sort of yeah because it's sort of discuss because it's not discussing how the aliens thought things through uh-huh. the Tyranids, the Tyranids. 
Um, they, it's not discussing how it's discussing how mostly how everyone reacted to them showing up. Yeah. Like the, uh, a good example Run. would be in a, there was this inquisitor mm-hmm. who first discovered them because, um, he investigated the loss of the loss of, um, contact with this world called, I think like Tyrannus or something. It's had a, it had a, the base of the, um, of the Tyranid name. name. Yeah. Tyran, Tyran. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, he was Inquisitor Crippman. Basically, he was he was the only one to bother with it. Even even though it's losing contact isn't that huge of an occurrence, it can happen. Sure. So when he found it, though, he realized that whatever he, when he found the planet, though, it was completely stripped of life. Everything was dead. Every there was no water. It was a gray rock. And it was an Imperium stronghold. It was, was an Imperial, Imperial planet. It was an Imperial planet that went down within a matter of like months. Oh, wow. Okay. It was, and he found like an entire score of other planets who had, and he realized, oh, they're forming a path to uh, Ultramar, the Ultramar sector. So he, he was able to warn the Ultramarines against the threat. And that primed for the um, first tyrannic war. Oh, that's cool. So I, I had no idea. This, uh, this actually sounds a lot cooler than I expected. Oh yeah. Cause it's fat. Yeah. Cause essentially it's all reactions to, how do you deal with, how do you, I mean, how do you deal with the concept of Tyranids? A constantly, ada- and they learn, they learn from you. So they adapt. It's like the Borg mixed with Alien. Ooh. It's, it's horrifying. Right. That's coming from Chaos Player. <laughs> I, I was surprised at how much psychic abilities that they had. In the oh, army. yeah. Um, I, I think my opponent was, had like nine, you know, warp charges. Uh, every turn at a minimum yeah because you know, uh, and then she would roll for additional and that's crazy so yeah. i'm like i didn't i didn't expect that the tyrannid army would be so psychic heavy but yeah I was su- i'm surprised i was surprised too the all the hive tyrants are um all the hive tyrants are psychers i think the turvagons a psyker hmm. they have their own dedicated psychic units called zonothropes yeah they kept creating feel no pains for um some of the other creatures which is yeah annoying yeah, that's pretty nasty. Okay, we'll we'll put that one on the back shelf, but um, definitely want to learn more about Tyranids. And I'm glad I, I, I got to play them, and I, I'm glad I got a chance to check them out because they seem a lot more interesting than I initially thought. I thought they were just sort of alien copies, but... Oh, no, they're... They seem a lot more deeper than that. They're a lot deeper than that. That's cool. All right, well, hey, if we they get a new codex, um, we'll have, we might have to check them out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I think they're in the, uh, you know... The, this is start your oh, welcome to January and start your new army month. <laughs> Latest issue of White Dwarf encourages everybody to start a new army. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna do that. Yeah, but, um, that's gonna that, we're gonna wait on that. Yeah, to be perfectly frank, we're gonna we're gonna pass on that. But uh, <laughs> but the boxes the box sets were I think are eighty five bucks and um, oh yeah they represent a pretty significant value like thirty yeah. to forty percent savings. Um, if you really wanna if you wanna if you if you really started if you actually want to start a new army that's not a bad way to go. It has a lot of essential. They have a lot of like essential units. Yeah, for like the, the astronaut terms got a Lehman Russ. You yeah, got a you're gonna be definitely Cadians uh, and a commissar. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, and a heavy and one, one one heavy weapon squad. Yeah, you're definitely going to be cool. using those. Those are quite important. Yeah, those are essentials. It's like a, a bunch of essentials yeah. at, a, at a saving. So if um, you, it's not if you already have the army, you're probably not going to buy it because you or in all likelihood you already have what the box set has. Right. But if you want to start something new, hey, well, well take a take a look. Go down, UGW. Thanks for sending us a little bit of you know scratch. 
when we come back, we're going to talk about a quick non-40K thing that we really had fun playing over the break when we return. We're back. Alec, you're a jewel monger now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could say the same about you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, uh, we are talking about a game that we very much enjoyed over the break called Splendor. Oh, um, yes. Splendor is um, a game you can get done in about 30 minutes. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, basically you play some sort of a jewel merchant during the Renaissance and you uh, you're trying to win by getting a certain number of, of uh, reputation points, right? And you do that by basically collecting gems and then trading them in for higher level cards, which give you more reputation points. And if you um, collect enough of uh, the cards and you um, sort of upgrade yourself to, to be able to get discounts on gems at a certain level, you attract the attention and the reputation of nobles who sort of join your cause and they further add to your reputation. Uh, the game is incredibly well reviewed. People love it. I just discovered it this year. We actually got it because uh, on the on the iPad, uh, like they were having a sale on it. It was like ninety nine cents. So thought thought we'd give it a try. Turned out to be super fun. What did what did you think, Alec? Oh, it was such great fun. It was very it's very strategically. It's very deep in terms of strategy. You're constantly thinking like a few turns ahead about okay what. Can I okay? What can I get in the future? What would what's what's um what gems should I capitalize on now? What gems should I currently buy right now? What will get me the bigger items later? You're constantly thinking ahead, and it's and you're constantly trying to figure out. Okay, he just got those gems. What is he planning? Can I ruin that for him yeah. in some way? The mechanics are really simple. There's th different kinds of gems. There's rubies. There's sapphires. There's you know um, diamonds, onyx. And emeralds. Yeah. And you're you you can either take three of a different kind or two of the same kind, or you can reserve a card, or, or you, you can, can purchase buy. or you can purchase a card. Purchase, yeah. Basically four actions you can take during your turn. Uh you have three rows of cards in front of you. You have common cards, which um, are involved sort of easy combinations of gems that sometimes give you a reputation point, but more often than not give you a discount on buying gems in the future. And then you have your your uncommon cards in the middle. But those cost a little bit more and they generally give you one or two points of reputation. And then you have your rare cards on top that are really hard and expensive to purchase. They get you like four or five. Four or five reputation points if you're able to purchase yeah. them. So you're scaling up all the time. You're basically in honing your, your skills by buying the cheaper cards so you so it's easier to acquire the more expensive cards down the road. And so you're constantly looking at what your opponent is doing to see whether you know you, you might be able to mess with their strategy yeah. at the same time trying to maximize yours. Uh, the gameplay is really fast, really fun. I, I, I you know, I, I'm really tempted to buying the the actual board game itself because it, I think that would be really fun. I've seen it played at a couple of places, and it's super high quality oh, yeah. tokens and cards. Ooh. The artwork is gorgeous. Oh yeah, they're all like uh, it's all original artwork based on public domain images of famous people during the Renaissance. Yeah. Right. There was a guy that Alec <laughs> plays that he calls the, the Lumberjack King. Oh, the Lumberjack King. I still don't know who that is. <laughs> we don't know who he is historically, but he looks like he, a... He has a, like, red, he has a red beard 
and he looks kind of he has a little scrunched up face he looked angry he looks he looks sort he, he doesn't look angry he just sort of looks annoyed at everyone and but he has got like a big crown he has a big crown there's another guy that looked like a pope Oh, he looks like, yeah, he looks... Turns out it's not, not the Pope. Not the Pope. Not the not, There's not a, a guy that we think is Machiavelli. Oh, yeah, there's, yeah, who might be Machiavelli. He looks sort of sinister. Right. Fitting. I think there's Mary, Queen of Scots is in there. Catherine of Aragorn is there. Uh, Henry VIII is definitely there. Yeah, Henry VIII. Uh, the artwork and uh, representing the art, mer- um, sorry, the jewelry merchants and the nobles is beautiful and looks great and it adds to the experience. Splendor is a really fun game. Yeah. If you guys can um, want to take a little break for 40K and then enjoy, enjoy a quick strategic game that is over in about 30 minutes, give Splendor a try. It's fun. If you can download it on your on your phone or iPad, even better. It's, it's cheaper and give it a try. And um, It's fun with three people. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've won a couple of times. Rain beat us on a couple of occasions. Yes. We were beaten. Yeah. Quite soundly, like twice. Yeah, exactly. Through her random approach to jewelry, uh, the lot, jewelry business. A lot of entropy. <laughs> Seemed that way. Anyway, give give Splinter a try. It's a lot of fun. Okay, when uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about our battle report, the Iron Hands versus Corn Demonkin, when we return. Today marked an especially momentous occasion. Yes. It was the debut of the Bloodthirster in the Corn Demonkin yes. army. Yes, yes, it was, as a matter of fact. All right. The, uh, Let's talk about our game. What'd you bring, Alec? Okay, so I brought the Bloodthirster of Incensant Rage, who was, oh, dear me. Okay, so the, this guy, this guy right here is a monstrous creature. Weapon skill 10, ballistic skill 10. Uh, strength and toughness six, five wounds, three plus armor save, five plus invuln save. It's fearless, deep strike. He has rage, but that's not the coolest part about him. The coolest part about the insensate rage guy is that he gets a D weapon as his close combat weapon. Jeez, which is just madness. He, um, the great cleaver of corn. I think. <laughs> oh, it is ridiculous uh so you're on the charge you're hitting about like eight times with wow. this d with this d weapon that is like that's the, crazy that's the hardest that's like one that's like i think the hardest hitting thing I, we have yeah it is in like the entire by collection because oh it's in, it's insane like in, pretty much nothing can survive against it yeah. if, if it, uh, unless you kill it before it kills you it's you know, going to a an, chance it, in a, you in will yeah, it will annihilate you. All right, so we play a game of 1,500 points. We yeah. played Tactical Escalation, the Maelstrom Missions. Alec, tell us your army list. Okay, so the Bloodthirster and Sunset Rage. The uh, Herald of Corn I brought mm-hmm. um, because... I think he's great. Small, he, he actually was actually... Uh, uh, he's actually a pretty good uh, support HQ. He's mm-hmm. not really hugely... Com- you know, if you're wrong, he's, like, he's actually pretty confident in close combat, but not like a crazy, jugged-up ward crazy there whatever like i usually take however yeah so i took a herald of corn with the woke eye of wrath 
giving him and his squad hatred. And I also gave him, I just in case, I didn't know if you were bringing a librarian conclave or not, but just in case, I brought the Cower of Corn, which gives plus two to deny the witch rolls. Mm-hmm. Okay, smart, smart move. Just in, just, it gives a squad. So I was like, right. uh, just in case. Mm-hmm. And he went with a squad of berserkers. I brought a nine-man squad of berserkers and a 10-man squad of berserkers, just figuring in r- how much the rhino could hold. Right. Uh, I also brought a five-man squad of Possessed, also in a Rhino. Mm -hmm. They all had Dozer Blades, Mm -hmm. just for difficult terrain. I brought... I had to bring... Unlike my normal list, I brought... uh, Rather than bringing a Corn... Rather than bringing a um, Charnel Cohort Mm -hmm. alongside the Slaughter Cult, I brought along a Corn Bloodstorm with two squads of Raptors. Yo, every champion... I equipped every champion I could with Power Mauls. That was great. That was a good idea. Because I figured that the increased strength would be would be helpful. I mean, it's it's plus yeah, two strength, plus two strength. So you're always going to be wounding on two plus. So I figured that Ooh. would that would help against Marines. So I brought that. I brought one squad of warp talons, and I believe. Oh my! <laughs> what did you forget oh, something? I in, I forgot the Mauler fiend. Oh, you included the Mollerfiend in your list, but you forgot to bring it to... Oh, the- I completely forgot to bring in my Mollerfiend to the army. Oh, oh. my <laughs> word. <laughs> that's 160 points right there, man. Down the drain. Oh, oh man. Okay. So that's... um. This is awkward. <laughs> uh, hey, I've done I've done it with a dreadnought, so... <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> that's lovely. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's funny. B- Look at, we're, we're right. discovering well, things Mauler together, Fiend. listeners. <laughs> the Mauler Fiend was on the list, didn't show up to the party, RSVP'd, just didn't show up. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh man. man. All okay, right. go down, go over your list now. Okay. So I usually bring uh, a chapter master's, uh, chapter master smash effort, which Oof. is, I, I played Iron Hands. Yeah. Okay. Iron Hands. Iron Hands. Um, so... This time I didn't want to spend the points on a chapter master because it means a one it, it means a one, one less attack and also no orbital strike and I think maybe minus one on on leadership but it's still like leadership nine no it's I think it's one less wound yeah one less wound too one no, less wound too it's no he still has leadership ten though captain still have leadership okay. ten all right so, so one less wound one less attack and no orbital strike for that I'm willing to save the hundred or so points yeah you know difference in the chapter master and the uh, mm-hmm. captain so i took a captain on a bike with the gorgon's chain right which gives him a three plus invuln save yeah plus one on invuln i'm sorry plus one on uh on feel no pain so he's got a four up invuln save uh four up uh, feel no pain save because he's an iron hand and he's artificer armor so he's got a two so he's basically two up four up yeah he's two well he's two uh, he also has a three plus invuln save right yeah it's three plus invuln save too so, so, so he's super hard to kill. He's really hard to get. But the caveat is that the Gorgon's, that the more he gets wounded, the less and less the Gorgon's chain takes effect. It's like it slowly, the power slowly goes down. Yeah. The, as you it, wound him. As you actually get wounds that, um, that hurt him. Um, he was armed just with a, uh, I think a simple bull pistol and a lightning claw. Yeah, because you couldn't afford the thunder. I hammer. couldn't afford a thunder hammer. Yeah. Uh, but that was fine. Turned out it was fine. It was fine. I, I like, turned out I like lightning claws. Mm-hmm. Um, he was accompanied by a squad on a bike. Uh, it was two bikers with melted guns and one um, biker with, um, I think he had a power fist. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then um, my other troop's choice was a squad of tack marines. They were in a, rhino, a razorback 
with twin link glass cannons. Mm. Uh, the attack marines themselves were a five man squad with a um, guy in there with a heavy flamer. Yeah. And um, let's see, uh, I had a fast attack where I had a squad of seven assault marines, two of which had flamers. And let's see, gosh, what else did I have? Oh, I, I brought the fire raptor. Yep, fire raptor. Yep, that was great. I, and I brought my brand new painted um, ironclad dreadnought. In oh, a, yes. In a drop pod. In a drop pod, yeah. He was armed with a power fist that had a storm bolter and a chain fist that had a melted gun. Yes. Yeah, so he was, he's pretty, he's pretty, he can do a lot of work. Um, in he, assault, he's great. Cause he's, he's, yeah, in assault, because he's, he's, he's five attacks on the charge. He's nearly untouchable by normal, he's pretty much untouchable by normal Marines because. Because it's front armor 13. And even, even if like you had a power maul. Like I had, uh, even at power malls, you couldn't really, you couldn't even wound him on a six because armor thirteen. So right. yeah, so it's, he's tough. He's tough in assault, and he's also got a melt against so and a chain fist, so he's good against uh, armor, good yeah. against vehicles. Um, I also brought stern guard, um, a five man squad in drop pod. Uh, there were two combi melters in there, two melted guns, and the sergeant had a power fist and um, I think in a grab gun or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I finally brought my Centurions. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Three Centurion Devastators uh, with twin-linked LAS cannons and uh, missiles, heavy missiles. So they they were so they, they joined the party too. And I think that was my list. I believe that was your list. Yeah, okay. All right. So we rolled tactical objectives. Yep. Um, we set up uh, that uh, I won. Oh, Alec won the, he got to pick the side. No, you got to pick the side. Oh, you that's picked right. The, I picked the side. That's right. I did. I did pick the side. So, and then you won deployment. Yeah, I won deployment. And so you got to go first. I did not seize the initiative. So you got to go first. So what is your strategy when you, well, tell us what happened in turn one. Okay. So turn one, I had deployed. So I had a lot of my fast music, moving units. I tried, I actually held um, a squad of warp talons and raptors back. Mm-hmm. Because they were sitting on objectives and I figured that I don't have any, a lot of the army is going to be coming to me. Sure. Because they're deep striking and the bike and I was like, oh, well, might as well. But I moved a lot of other guys up. I moved all my rhinos up. I moved a squad of raptors up full. I went all out with the um, full. Yeah, I went full out with the. Um, with the rat, with the rhinos? With the rhinos, yeah. And ran the raptors up. And that was, I think that was it. I yeah, don't think that was I your turn one. You don't, Corn Demon not a lot of shooting. Never, never a lot of shooting. But you I, were I, already I, halfway across the battlefield. I, yeah. At I, the I, end of turn one. I, my Bloodthirster, I held him in reserve for right. to swoop in later. Yeah. So, uh, my turn one, I dropped in the stern guard and, um, they came in behind your berserkers that were inside the rhino that also had the Herald of Corn in there. Yep. And so they did what Sterngard do. They used their magic meltas mm-hmm. to crack open that, that metal box. Yep. And out spilled a mm-hmm. whole bunch of berserkers, angry berserkers. We should take away their metal boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, ended up killing one in the explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they did a, a good job. And then um, my uh, bikers sort of rode up and shot a few more. Right. Yeah. You kept and you kept missing your saves. I kept. Oh my god. <laughs> and that was the theme of. Uh, that was the theme of the oh, game the, for you. Oh god, my berserkers could not save themselves for their lives. You ended up losing. I think in that in that turn, you ended up losing 
four or five berserkers. It was in that from from shooting. Too many berserkers were lost. Yeah, so I'm gonna be frank. Too many berserkers were lost. Uh, four. I think it was four, if I remember yeah. correctly. So you lost four in that, and then I ended up killing another rhino. Yeah, you killed another rhino, and I ended up putting two whole points, uh, destroying two whole points on the third rhino. Yeah. All right, and so that that ended turn one. Okay. Uh, I, I got an objective that was like I don't even remember what it was, but I think it was scour the skies or something. I also got scour the skies. Yeah, that was funny. Funny enough, yeah. Um, we yeah, but that was awful for me because I have nothing with skyfire. So <laughs> right, uh, and I yeah, unless, and I had a fire raptor. Yeah, unless yeah. he hovers. Yeah, uh, it was um, unlikely he was going to be able to pull that one off. Um, so turn two rolls around, I launch a squad of raptors at the stern guard veterans i actually um move my berserker squad that was just horribly damaged mm -hmm. towards your captain yeah toward your, my biker captain towards the biker captain uh i disembark the possessed and start running them towards the razorback and i also start running the berserkers from the second rhino up to the razorback as well and then i my bloodthirster arrived as well he showed up and swooped on the table. Right. Like the magnificent creature he was. Licking his devilish chops as he <laughs> surveyed his my chops. tasty space marines. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and I actually still count my warp talents where they were, yeah. funny enough. Uh, and I think I think that was well, it, I well that I made it I made assault right. with the Raptors and with the um Herald. Despite actually reducing the distance because I killed, uh, funny enough, I killed a biker in pistol shooting, funny enough. Yeah. So I made both assaults. I uh, My raptors pretty much wiped out everyone but the sergeant first round of combat. The stern guard sergeant. The stern guard sergeant killed, yeah, the stern guard sergeant kills my um, raptor sergeant, my raptor champion. So I power fisted him to the face. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> But and I, um, my herald had the challenge as well as my berserker champion. Uh, and the, I accepted that challenge. You accepted with, the challenge with, with the my captain. captain. And actually, funny enough, it wasn't as conclusive as you'd think because Harold survived and just kind of kept the combat going. He's good. The Harold's he, good. Oh, Harold's good. Oh, Harold. I mean, I think on that first charge, no, he had wrong. like five attacks. Harold, Harold. Strength seven. Harold's, don't get me wrong. Harold, I, strength six, I believe. Strength six? Her, but Harold's, still. still. Huh. Harold's, don't get me wrong. Harold is a pretty good discount, like, warlord. Yeah. Because he's actually, he can actually punch well above his weight class yep. in terms of points. But I, I, I didn't expect him. I didn't expect him to survive that long. I didn't no, expect he, him to survive against like the super tough captain. I figured, oh, he's gonna with a five plus influence save, he's not gonna make it. But surprise, surprise, he kept going. I I I rolled terribly on my um on my attacks. On yeah, my two hit rolls, a lot of ones and twos. <laughs> my berserker champion also challenged his sergeant and killed him. Yeah, so my biker sergeant died. Biker sergeant died. Uh, to with a power mall to the face right. um and the rest of the berserkers tore the other guy off his bike and started mercilessly beating him so he didn't last long right so all that was left from my little biker death star was my uh, biker captain who was in the in challenge challenge with the herald of corn so that that combat continued yeah uh my stern guard sergeant even though he he killed your raptor champion 
he broke and ran. He yeah, he broke morale and ran and ran. Uh, you didn't you didn't advance sweep him. So in the next turn he was able to rally again. Um, yeah. So I think that was the end of your turn. That was the end of my turn. Yes. Okay. So I roll on. So I roll reserves and the fire raptor comes in. Yeah, fire raptor comes in. Ugh. Right. My uh, and then my drop second drop pod comes in with my ironclad dreadnought. Yes, he does. Right. So I I got a an objective that said that if I'm able to basically uh, remove a from an objective my opponent's army and then take the objective myself, I get D three victory points. So his raptors were sitting on uh, objective number three. So my drop pod lands right next to that. Out jumps my dreadnought, and then uh, melt is one guy in the face. Um, yeah. But I'm unable to get that that point because you were still the rest of your unit was still within three inches of objective three, so I didn't get it. Yeah. Right. So, but there's my dreadnought ready to assault. Looking yeah. looking forward to the assault. Right. Yeah. He's freshly painted. I just converted him. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to prove himself. And then my fire raptor comes in. Yeah. Let me tell you. Fire Raptor uh, is uh, an amazing, an amazing unit. Just you absolutely, if, if you're considering getting a Fire Raptor, just Forge World take my money because it is awesome. It comes in. Wait, do, do you smell that? <laughs> oh, no, I know what you're trying to say. Did you smell? I think, is that a Limburger? Oh, <laughs> I think it's coming from the Chez. It's, it's Yeah. <laughs> It is. It's, it's coming from the chest. It's not cheesy. It's just awesome. Oh, come right. on. With seven twin okay. linked strength six AP three shots. Oh. Yeah. So it comes in and oh. immediately um, lines up for shots against uh, the flying bloodthirster. And uh, basically does a great job of reducing a couple, taking a couple of wounds off of it. Like two or three, I think three, I took three wounds off of it. You took, uh, yeah, three wounds off of it. Three wounds yeah. off of it. So, um, and then... My um, Centurion Devastators, who were sitting in a tower, lined up, and uh, even though even though it was flying, they decided to fire their, you know, hit only on sixes shots, but because they got twin-linked glass cannons, they were able to get two more hits on it. Yep. You jinked. I jinked. It didn't work, Didn't though, work. And, and it died. It died in midair. Brought new down. model syndrome. New model syndrome. Brand new, glorious, de-striking awesomeness. And it just, just fell to the ground. Uh, One dead bloodthirster. Ah, uh, that was painful. <laughs> you, your whole body after that happened, like you got, you got shorter. Yeah, because I was like, oh, <laughs> like you were so depressed. My new, my, my, my new, my new glorious toy is now gone. Yep. I don't know what to do with my life. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just, that was a bummer. I wanted to see that kill something. Yeah, it's, I it's new model syndrome. I'm yeah. telling you, that's what happens. You you bring out your shiny brand new model and, and it's going to die uh, horribly in it, the it, first it, game you do it. That's it'll just, either die horribly or it won't do a thing. Yeah, or, yeah, it won't earn, earn its points back. It has so much potential. And um, I think if you play it in the right way, it'll probably just completely wreck a bunch of people. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah, but that was a that was obviously a big turning point um, when your warlord went down in that way. Yeah, yeah. So at, at that uh, my um, I think that pretty much ended up hap- that that happened, and then my um, stern guard sergeant 
ended up killing. He ended up. He actually ended up char- we- <laughs> he charged back into the rafters. Yeah. He had nothing better to do. So he's like, I'm going to take my power fist and I'm going to punch these guys in the face. Yeah. And he, he went back in there and he ended up killing, killing them, them all. Killing them all. <laughs> that was so that was that that actually was even more impressive yeah that was that was, that, was good, that was funny yeah um <laughs> so that was good and then the assault continued between yeah. the biker uh captain and the herald of corn and that just would not end they just kept pinging off each other's armor yeah they just kept going yeah that that assault kept kept going on um i disembarked my tax squad and uh, they knew they were about to get charged by either the possessed or a bunch of angry-looking berserkers. So they got out of their rhino and, you know, got their flamer ready and got ready to for the charge. So I think they shot at uh, they shot at the, the possessed a little bit. So that was turn two. Um, it was a good turn for me. Yes, yes, it was. All right, turn three. What happened? So turn three, I um, advance up my berserkers and my possessed who are both converging on that poor tax squad yeah so they just so they start running up uh i moved my warp towns finally to go after that sergeant the stern guard veteran sergeant because i figured eh, he's i got he nothing better to do <laughs> he must die it was i ap3 will shred that's a that's a decent target yeah so beyond that beyond that nothing much really happened the raptor oh no the one squad of raptors retreated from the ironclad because they wouldn't be able to beat that guy yeah they would just die so i figured uh i would just move him i figured i would just move him out of there they could easily outrun him yeah that was it for movement surprising surprisingly enough actually the um i charged my possessed possessed into the uh to the razorback they made it and they annihilated it it was you got 30 attacks i got on 30, the charge 30 the attacks if anyone says the possessed are just terrible you know attacks or something you are wrong you are possessed wrong. Have always been great i mean that's a five man squad with 30 strength six initiative five attacks man yeah that's really good against razorbacks <laughs> <laughs> i mean and yeah. if that had been against a squad of like even like assault marines whatever whatever like that could have decimated imperial guard and or cords right i have faced them before and they've done um so much damage to my army yeah uh, they're they're great you know for such yeah for such a small amount of people you they're just they yeah. just pack a punch they do um so you so you overkilled my my razorback oh it yeah it was super dead yeah so i so i killed that uh my berserkers couldn't charge so they just shot and they didn't do anything. Yeah, the Herald, the Herald finally, I think, in this turn? No, he didn't he didn't do it in you know, yeah, I think he did do it in this. Then finally Herald the Herald died, I think. Yeah, the Herald died in this in this turn. And so that concluded that combat. For well not not the combat, but that concluded the um that challenge. Uh I, he still had the rest of the berserkers right. to deal with. Which were not gonna be a problem. Mm, well, I mean Probably not. It depends. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. So so that ended. Um, I, I didn't really suffer much damage in that one, and if at all. And no, you didn't suffer any, any damage, damage at all. That one. Yeah. Okay. So my my turn three starts, and for, in from reserves come my uh, seven man assault squad. Mm-hmm. Right. So they come in and they land right on the objective next to the uh, squad of your berserkers. Yep. And they've got two flamers up front, and they the flamers just 
did a lot of work on the berserkers killed the whole i think i got 13 i covered 13 with the two templates and i ended up killing like five of them or four of them or oh, something actually you only killed you killed three with the flamers if i remember oh correctly. i killed three yeah i killed the rest with with bolt pistols bolt pistols oh <laughs> bolt my god <laughs> right. bolt pistols. i had feel no pain and i still i i had cashed in terribly. my blood type for the feel no pain and i still uh, rolled a bunch of ones and twos threes the yeah. rage of corn is is yeah. deep so but, the berserkers got i think you were whittled down to like four that was yeah five or four or whatever it was yeah. Yeah. even even my dreadnought from a distance mel- I, melted one of them I, at that point i was like oh well it's it's over i can't i mean i like i had everything was with the with corn demon ken there comes a point in the game where you either realize you're gonna really win or you're gonna really lose <laughs> right i i think it ha- what happened is two things one, um, a combination of my attack squad, wound killing your possessed along with my centurion devastators. Yeah. They wiped off the possessed. Wiped out the possessed. And then. And then I rolled when, when I got my objective. Yeah. I, I had a D3 and then I rolled a six. So I got three, three victory, victory points. Victory points. Yeah. For that one objective. At that point, you looked at the, the battlefield and said, there's no way. Yeah. Happen. It's not. Yeah. It wasn't going to happen. There was, everything was just too weak. Right. At that and point. I had lost very few models at this point. Yeah. Yeah, my my whole strategy against Corn Demonkin because I've I've been on the receiving end of that tie and I've been losing a lot to Corn Demonkin, is to just shoot as much as possible. And there's no way I was going to let you get uh, your bloodthirst if I could at all handle it um, into combat. So I was just planning on shooting it with everything I had, and I did. Yes, yes, you did. Oh boy, yeah. My mistake easily was taking the corn's bloodstorm formation because ah, uh, raptors are not. The, no, they're just not. They just. I feel like I think they're more expensive than um, regular assault marines, but they don't get as. They're good, not good units. Toys. They're just. Uh, they're just like with everything else in the army, they just feel subpar. Yeah. They're just. They're just. Yeah. They're not affordable like um blood they're not affordable like blood letters and they're not insanely killy like bloodthirsters and they don't have the same resilience as they're just they're just, no, they're just they just feel subpar they just yeah well i'm glad you tried a new formation in corn demon king you've been playing the same lists pretty much and it's worked pretty well it's, but yeah but we played 1500 points so it required you to change things up a little bit yeah they, i had to change things up and it was yeah i did not i should have taken easily the better formation as crazy as it sounds would have been brazen onslaught only because terminators have always for some reason worked really well for me especially the corn ones because the just it's hysterical facing like 20 or 30 strength strength 10 ap2 hits yeah that's that's insane right yeah <laughs> and you- it's just sister and well admittedly the um whatever the corn whatever those cavalry guys are what are they the uh, juggernauts the juggernauts but they're they have another they have another name admittedly they're pretty pricey for sort of subpar cavalry unit if they when they get on the charge they're actually pretty vicious against like space marines and stuff so it's actually not too too bad and they're good shielding for like a jugger lord yeah the bloodstorm was just i couldn't even afford the only good thing about the bloodstorm which is getting a helldrake 
I couldn't even right. afford that. How, how many points is a Bloodthirster? Like 275 or something? Uh, Bloodthirster depends on what Bloodthirster you The most basic is 250. Okay. So that's it. Yeah, it's kind of expensive as a warlord. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, of course, he's hugely expensive, but. Yeah. Would you, next time, would you maybe get that uh, relic, that, that axe that allows somebody to turn into a Bloodthirster? I might just, I might just summon him. I might just summon him in. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because I feel like... Then he can deep strike in. Because I would just deep strike... I would want to do it... Because at that point, it would be later in the game to where it might be safer for him to show up. Because mm-hmm. uh, maybe early... I think I think it actually might be better for him to do that because earlier on, it can be kind of crazy if the opponent's prepared for him. Mm-hmm. So if you've given... I, so I think if you give the um, Corn Demonkin enough time to warm warm the uh other side up and start taking out a bunch of shooting units mm-hmm. you could probably bring in the bloodthirster with minimal risk and he can just clean house yeah if you if you can get some units in assault yeah tying up the more dangerous you know ap2 kind of shoots yeah all right they can shoot yeah then then maybe you can you know bring him in safely and then have him join the assault but yeah right now he's just gonna be a big big bullet magnet yeah bolt magnet great distraction i guess <laughs> i guess i guess but an expensive <laughs> yeah. one um all right well it, but it was a fun game it was a fun game it was over it was over pretty fast yeah yeah i like this iron hands army i actually the 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 funny thing is i actually had built this list mostly to face an imperial guard army i had a heck of a lot of las cannons you did the centurions had las cannons the razorback had las cannons um yeah so there was a lot of um ap1 ap2 um you know fire on on the table um so i mostly built it as an anti-tank list but i kept it for simplicity's sake i'm like oh let's just give it a try and it turned out to be really effective against your your um bloodthirster and against your metal boxes metal boxes um yeah (laughs) yeah (sighs) oh well oh well no let's let's we'll 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 figure it out i'm happy to challenge i know i know you felt constrained to 1500 points so maybe we can play this at 1850 and see well i think I think maybe we considering it probably just wasn't the 1500 points so much as it was bad decision making in the list because there were a lot of wasted points going to that bloodstorm. Yeah, the raptors and the warp talents. Enough to where it just like, yeah, because those aren't, yeah, those just don't work out. Terminators would have been more effective, yeah. surprisingly enough. But what would you say you're, not, not that you had a unit of the game, but if you could designate a unit of the game, who would it be? Harold surprisingly because he yeah he tied up he tied up the the captain for like three turns he's tied up the captain for a while he essentially helped the berserkers with his um hatred hatred, his hatred yeah well the loci of wrath i believe he was able to just imbue which is if you have raged up berserkers attacking with hatred that's just madness so that really helped them just wipe out the the bike squad so I feel like he was actually, he actually had a very strong appearance because that was my first time using him. Uh, I would, uh, it's a tie for me. Uh, the Centurion Devastators. Yeah, yeah, they always do well. They always do well because they're twinkling glass cannons and missiles. They just, they just, they're expensive. They're like three hundred ninety points or some stupid, you know, really high point value. But man, did they earn their points back? They did. They just chopped up everything that they shot at. Yeah, because they're just, yeah, they're ludicrous. They're ludicrous. Uh, um, and then <laughs> the Stern Guard sergeant <laughs> understandably was, okay, understandably because one he he helped destroy that initial rhino with all the berserkers yeah and then two he single-handedly killed a whole unit 
oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Raptors by himself with his power fist. Yeah, that he was, was he, <laughs> that was actually quite hysterical. Yes, yeah, he was great. All right, well, that was fun. That was our episode eleven. We want to thank you all for listening. It's been wonderful the support we've been getting. Uh, we've been getting a lot more emails from everybody. If you want to reach us and leave us a comment, please uh, do so at the Eye of Terror Podcast at gmail.com. Please visit us on Facebook. You can take a look at that Blood Angels Chaplain that we're working on, as well as a few other things, including pictures of us. If you need to look at our faces, I that part you should not not do but whatever <laughs> and then uh but definitely if you can also leave a comment on itunes that would be very helpful you can rate us and leave a comment on itunes with that we'll be back in a couple of weeks we wish you a happy new year i'm george and i'm alec and we play 40k we'll see you soon 